0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, here with my first cup of coffee. Not quite brewed yet, I thought. Now that I get to go outside more, I'm starting earlier, since I don't need to be all situated in the loud chair first. So I just finished draining my tea into the teapot here. So yesterday we went out to Santa Rosa Lake, and I did um, pretty much as soon as I got the podcast posted, we headed out and drove down there. It's about an hour and a half drive, Um, but it's a considerable drop in elevation. David was telling me that one of the guys he gives a lot of rides to was asking him if Santa Rosa Lake was on the Great Plains. And David said, well that he didn't think so and the guy looked it up on his phones. So what did on his phone, what did we do before that? Here we go for a sip. Mmm. so tasty. I if I do say so myself, I'm an excellent uh self barista. <laughs> right. So uh he looked it up, and Santa Rosa Lake is on the edge of the Great Plains, so that's a considerable drop down from our high desert, and definitely a, a pretty location. It's a, it's a nice lake, nice and sheltered, so it's warmer, and we really did pick the right day. It wasn't too windy, and so we had a great time. I took my page proofs along, worked on them in the car. I uh, didn't quite finish. I had to email Jenny last night and say they'll come today, and she said, no problem, plenty of time. I think they uh, are very accustomed, I think I've said this before, to giving false deadlines, uh, knowing that writers will not meet them. <laughs> it's a funny thing. Uh, and then when we got back here, we got back here about 5, and uh, and it was a gorgeous afternoon here. It was warm and not windy and quite lovely. I think I might have to get the screens on the windows today. I posted a picture there of the daffodils out in the secret garden. They're about ready to pop. A little bit of a cool breeze here this morning. I'll go around the corner. This east side is there's a little bit of a breeze from the north. It's a little brisk. Let's try right here on the portal. Is it too rappy? No, I think this might work. See, I mean the breeze being rappy. Ah, oh, yeah, that's nice. Definitely uh, kicking up the allergies. Some of that's probably from being out in the sun. So I mentioned this yesterday too, with going through the uh, page proofs. It's just been some really intense mental work. Um, Getting away from the computer yesterday was kind of nice. Uh, For the last couple of days, really just working on those page proofs and taking um, notes on things to weave into Fiery Citadel, and it really is helping uh, create the book in my head. I used to do, my process used to be a lot like that when I wrote short stories or essays. Really, I need to think about what I'm saying, because I started out as an essayist, and um, a time in my life when I had very little time to write. So I would think about what I wanted to say, and it usually, I I used to teach workshops about this, that I would start around a pivotal image, some kind of event that I always thought of as like sore tooth events, you know, like where you always pokey at them, some sort of exchange or some, some moment in your life that for some reason stands out with great emotional clarity and going in and back and investigating those things to determine why. So my essays in my first book, my essay collection, Wyoming Trucks, True Love, and The Weather Channel, those are all about those sorts of things. So I would think about that. I would mull a lot. And I think that's one reason why there are so many driving essays, because I would mull about things as I was driving, driving the long highways of Wyoming. And then once I had it shaped in my head, I would then write it down, and I would often write... Well, you know, now that I know I can write like 3,000 words a day pretty steadily, it's not sh- such a big deal, but people used to be astonished that I would sit down and write a 1,500-word essay in one sitting back when I sat, right? Uh, <laughs> it was um, yeah, well within my skill set, apparently, now that we understand what that is. But when I moved to novel writing, one of the things that I had to learn was that I couldn't do that, obviously. I could not sit down and write an entire novel in one go. Even if I'd had the time, which I didn't because I had a day job and the stepkids were little and we were busy with uh, taking and teaching martial arts classes... um, well, oh, we were really busy back in that day in those days, even if I had had the blocked time to do it. Uh, hello Finch. They're building a nest up there, so I didn't do anything to you. They act like I'm gonna get their nest um. <clears throat> I, I don't think I could sit down and write or walk and write uh, a story, a full novel, in one fell swoop. And I know some authors do it, you know, like uh, Anne Rice very famously wrote Interview with the Vampire over like 48 hours or Seventy-two hours, something like that, staying awake day and night and writing it in this huge emotional frenzy. I think uh, what is between the lines there is that she was also doing a great deal of cocaine. <laughs> and don't yell at me if that's uh, you know not not fair, but I do think that she. Uh, I think she's admitted to it, and it was certainly the era, the era, the place and time. San Francisco at the 70s, Uh, maybe not just cocaine, but (laughs) I do think um, that's why I often talk about things in terms of what's sustainable. I think we all, you know, whether it's writing or whatever it is, whatever activity we engage in, we have to look at what's going to be sustainable for us. What can we do in a healthy way that keeps us going? To both produce and uh, feel good about life. It's interesting looking back at that time in my life, which was pre-internet, and the internet has brought so much to our lives, you know, like the orfore mentioned, what did we do when we couldn't look things up on our phones? You know, it's made the world smaller, it's created our greater connectedness, It's um, also made conflict much more apparent. I don't think that it's created more conflict. I think we're just aware of it now, uh, being thrust together so much more, seeing people with terrible opinions on the Internet. I love that XKCD cartoon where he, I think it's cue ball is sitting down at the uh, computer and... Megan asks him, what, what are you doing? And he says, I just thought of a terrible opinion for someone to have. And now I'm searching the internet to see if someone has, see if someone has it. (laughs) And she says, I think that you have some real issues. And he says, yeah, but not as many as this guy I just found. (laughs) And sometimes it comes down to that. I did, by the way, finish going through all of XKCD. I am totally caught up, and I realize that this is not an actual accomplishment, but I did. I went through all two thousand plus. I think the most current one is something like number twenty-one thirty, and I went through all two thousand of them, and that was that was fun to do. Though it began to feel a little bit like a task, because I really wanted to get caught up. It was, you know, like some of those interactive ones from way back when, they no longer work right. And so it was annoying me that I hadn't been part of that at the time. But now I will be. (laughs) And yes, I am the kind of person that I have to go back and read the first book in a series before I can read the rest and it's, it's kind of an unfortunate way to be because it stops me from reading newer books. You know, like a book will come out and people will talk about, oh, it's this great book and you should read it, but it'll be like book four in the series or book seven in the series. And I'll think, oh, but I can't just read that book. It's not picking up one book. It's picking up seven. <laughs> and maybe that's not a legit way to go about it. But there we are. Sun feels nice. Allergies are getting me too. I think I maybe I already said that. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. It just gives me that muzzy-headed feel. But it's nice to get to be outside. Um, We were looking at our data and. This, uh, for our first fishing trip of the year, we call it a fishing trip, even though only David fishes. It was, uh, a full month behind last year's. And I understand it's from like what David's, you know, talking to the tourists who've come to Santa Fe and everything. It's been like that all over. Um, cold, cold late spring. So we can only hope that that means a lovely summer, right? It would be nice to, have some things that we can all enjoy. Let's see. Oh, the other thing, we um, watched Motley Crue's movie, The Dirt, which is on Netflix, if you subscribe to Netflix. And it is a movie made from the memoir written by the band. And it was so good. Uh, The Apparently, and I'm kind of tempted to read the memoir, one book only, um, which is apparently written by all four members of Motley Crue plus the manager. And so the movie bounces between their perspectives, you know, so that the actors will actually turn and look at the screen and address the audience, you know, and say, that's when I did this. And true to the title, they really do tell all the dirt, and it's um, its really a fun insight into what they came from and what they wanted to accomplish, what they um, kind of their strategy, and then of course the whole downside of you know the, that touring life and the drugs and everything. I didn't realize that the entire band had gone into rehab. You know, Aerosmith is so famous for doing that. I didn't realize that Motley Crue had done that too. <clears throat> but they, uh, yeah, they did. Nikki Six convinced them all to do it because he had a major heroin problem, and so they all did it together. Came back like a year later. So, yeah, it's um, I I recommend it. It was definitely worth watching. Very. I'm always interested in those kinds of biographies, how bands end up doing things. And David was in a band in his youth, so it's always interesting to him, too, to look at the branching pathways. And I was never a huge Motley Crue fan, so I don't really resonate to music in the same way. But uh <laughs> David says I, I was surprised how many of the songs I recognized it recognized and David said, Well, I played them all the time when we were first dating, so you heard them. <laughs> I was like, Oh, is that it? <laughs> and David was remembering he and I didn't remember this at all, but he said on his answering machine at his apartment when we were first dating he had a guitar riff from Motley Crue on the answering machine and that my mom had called there looking for me and she left a message saying well that was harsh (laughs) David's wondering if you remember that mom Um, I I don't but (laughs) that's Sorry, Mom, I was dating a metalhead. Dear Mom, I'm dating a metalhead. Please have patience. It's so funny, you know, because as time goes by, those things really fade away. And uh, Not to not say. David would not put a guitar riff on his voicemail intro now. Certainly not Motley Crue. Now now, maybe he'll be tempted. We should see what one he would put on there if he was going to. How his tastes have changed. A bunch of little sparrows jumping around on the ground a few feet away. They don't mind me sitting here, finches. We've got some wrens nesting. Wrens and bluebirds. So it's nice to see birds going about the Business of spring and reproduction. Yep. Well, but I'm just focusing on this book. I think I'm going to be buried in this book for a few weeks. I might, The podcast may not be interesting. <laughs> this is presuming it ever is. But uh, yeah, that's. I'm. I'm definitely going into that book brain mode. Far better than talking about internet drama. So, I will talk to you all on Thursday. Hope you have a marvelous Tuesday. Hope that you're finding some daffodils and birds in your day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.